Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And now, the group you've all been waiting for, the Lovers of Five. Hi, I'm David, and I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. And the number five is my favorite number because it has one straight line here. And then it has a round line on the bottom here. And then it has another line on the top there. I love singing about the number five. Give me five. Ah, give me five. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. But if you love me more. Oh my goodness, no fade out, but hello everyone, welcome in to the 5x5, five five. I am your host Patrick O'Dowd, where we will have a random guest every episode to talk about the 5 best and 5 worst of any Goodman talking. Like I said, we're here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. My guest is the supplier of the lovely theme song you just heard today, returning to the 5x5, Mr. PC Tunney, the commissioner himself. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor real quick before you before you speak. I don't have an all you always use your head soundbite since the computer transition, so I'm going to remind you all to always use your head, and then you're going to click it. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Thank you, Christopher Platt. Anyway, welcome back to the 5x5, five five, Mr. Tunney. How are you today? I'm doing well. Happy, well, it's not tax day. It got moved to the 18th. I believe the government is observing Emancipation Day, which should be observed. So you got three extra days to do your taxes, folks. And now you have guaranteed that this banked episode will be the first one played so that it is the closest oh. to April 18th. It doesn't Matter. <laughs> this is a day we're recording. No big deal. This is it's, this is it's gonna play. It's it, it's gonna play. It's gonna play in August, and people will be like, "Shit, it's tax day. What? Like, what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, October now. It's gonna be tax extension day. There uh, you go. Fifteenth. Thanks a lot, Biden. <laughs> so, yeah. welcome back to the program. You and I, Thrilled we, yeah, I'm happy to have you back. And you and I did uh, our top five. SNL skits and our bottom five SNL skits of all time the first time you were on this show and when we did that program you were really all about like there's so many different things that you can do with Saturday Night Live and we've talked about even on like say Bandwagon Nerds you could probably do the SNL project that like we do on the show with like our top tens and lists and stuff like that but I also think that Saturday Night Live and I think you agree with me 
is fertile ground for plenty of 5x5s. And so you've become the SNL guy on the 5x5. I think that's apropos as well. I've seen every episode uh, most more than once. I do still record it and watch it if I'm awake. If I'm awake or or not at the bar, I watch it on Saturday night. But I do otherwise catch it um, likely Sunday mornings. That's most of the time when I watch it now as I've gotten older. But before the next weeks come out, and I'm always checking to see whether it's going to be a new one. I do believe we're hitting the home stretch here. Last week was live, and I do believe we got a few more left here in this season. So I'm looking forward to 50. When we get to 50 and they do the 50 thing again, uh, when they did the 40 thing, but we're a few years away from that. But this is great to go back and look at this kind of stuff. So I'm I'm thrilled with what we're going to be covering here for these folks today. And then uh, we might even have another one for you um, in the future as well. Yeah, I think I think that I've just got you in the bank as the SNL guy. Like you are you are Mr. Saturday Night Live, Mr. Saturday Night PC Tunny. There, there we go. That's that. That might be your moniker on the five by five. And as you mentioned, today we're going to cover in the forty plus years of Saturday Night Live our five best and five worst Saturday Night Live hosts. Now, the last time you were on the show, I, I'm still tinkering with with this program a little bit. I've gotten some feedback, so we're going to try something a little bit different. The 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 Demarco. Uh, has suggested that we flip-flop which lists we do first and do the worst at the end as opposed to the best because that's what gets everybody talking. And so we'll I, see how that goes. I was going to say you could thread them. What do you mean by thread them? You could give your first, you could start with your worst fifth and then your best fifth and then your worst fourth See, and your best fourth you 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 clearly did not listen to the inaugural episode of the five by five with oh, myself and ray cash that did not work well it did not work well at all it was such it was so clunky it felt weird yeah. and it just it just did it didn't work and we tried we made a good That's go of it said. yeah we That's did said. uh and clunky. we could not get it done clunky and slow it was not <laughs> it was not a good experience so all right so that was with the best yeah, we're going to start with the best. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, if you don't listen to Bandwagon Nerds, and you should be listening to Bandwagon Nerds, it's a great show. I, I, oh, my goodness. On this list, I, I don't know. There's a lot more to be said about the best than the worst here, but I guess that's fine. The end of the, the second half of this part of this show will be a lot shorter than the first half. It, it, it might be. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It'll also be, you know, it depends on how much our lists match up. Things like that, because as everybody knows, if you listen to Bandwagon Nerds, you know how the rules of the list go. Like Tony and I are going to take turns naming off our, our, we started our number five and we work our way up to the top. Now, if I, on my number five, give a a selection that is higher on Tony's list, we're actually going to pause that selection until we actually get to it on Tony's list and talk about that by itself as its own entity at its highest point on either list. Uh, we'll, we'll trade off. Uh, we'll take a commercial break after the first five lists and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll see how simpatico we are on this particular list. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I got to confess in making my best of list, it was hard for me to get beyond hosts that were in the five-timers club. And, and, he, and even as I was working on the list, like I was like, but I remember all these skits. Like I remember all these things that were so great. And, and it's just, it's tough not to, to ignore that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, out of the seven people that made my top five, they're all five timers. So. You heard that everybody, the seven people that made his top five, which is why he's going to go first so that he can Listen, start rattling right off his double ups. This isn't nom, sir. Really there are good. rules. I am really good at fitting 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Just we've seen that we've seen All we've right. seen this before. So you're number five or fives. I don't know if this is one Honestly, of your double ups. You know what I'll do is uh, instead I'll just give you two honorable mention and I'll kind of move okay. two people out of the list. Okay. Right. So honorable honorables? mention goes to I believe he's third all time on the uh, host list, uh, John Goodman, who is just phenomenal at hosting at Saturday Night Live. Phenomenal at almost everything he does acting-wise. If you're not familiar with all the different things John Goodman has done in his career, besides Roseanne and, and hosting the shit out of SNL and maybe uh, the Babe Ruth thing he did, uh, King Ralph. Babe Lebowski. Are those? Yeah. But he's done a lot of other things, too. So him, Christopher Walken, has some classic skits on Saturday Night Live as well. You got him higher up on your list, so glad we're going to get to that. So my number five... With all that said, what I will bet is higher on your list is none other than David S. Pimpkins himself. No. Yes, higher on your list, Tom Hanks. David S. Pumpkins, that's correct. Uh, Higher on my list. Number five on my list is uh, Mr. Steve Martin. Uh, Well, he's my number four, so why don't we go ahead and (laughs) why don't we just talk about it anyway, and then you can bring back your four, and we'll jump right into three. So... Steve Martin, uh, one of the first five time, the first five timer, I do believe, it, or pretty yeah, like he did it in less than he did it in like a year and a half almost. Yeah, he was he was a he was basically a member of the cast at one point, and he was very prevalent after Bill Murray left uh, after one year, or not Bill Murray. Um, yeah, no, Chevy Chase. Sorry, not Bill. Bill Murray stuck around. Um, I, I think it, for me, Steve Martin begins and ends with with King Tut. Like, like that is probably his most memorable Saturday Night Live sketch. That and him and Dan Aykroyd as the two wild and crazy guys, the the international swingers trying to like make it. Basically, the '70s version of what would then become the Night of the Roxbury Guys uh, later on in SNL. Like, just just some brilliant, really stuff. Comedic timing, wonderful. Love those guys. Loved Stephen Martin. Yeah, you you hit it on the head, like. People who maybe aren't they they're they're fans of Saturday Night Live, but they're not like avid historians. They might even think he was a member of the cast, you know? Right. Because his first guest host appearance was October twenty third, nineteen seventy six. His fifth guest host appearance was on April twenty second, nineteen seventy eight. So it was only a year and a half. <laughs> to get there but that was in their early days and he was one of the if not the best comedians in the world at the time and the things he could do and he was meant for that kind of thing he's very quick-witted excellent actor wonderful comedic timing brilliant fucking mind steve steve martin is a comedic legend yeah and 
absolutely was there was just no way he wasn't going to make a list i i just didn't see it happening and he he kept going i i one last thing with him one of my other like imprinted memories of steve martin was they he was part of an opening sketch with i do believe uh tom hanks who's higher on my list when tom hanks made it into the five timers club they did like tom hanks finding the secret door to the five timers club and there was steve martin with paul simon uh, in like smoking jackets and holding cognacs and, and cigars and, and sort of just hoity-toity laughing. It's just brilliant, brilliant stuff. And you can just tell he loved doing it. You mentioned Paul Simon. Uh-oh. Um, it's higher on your list? No, uh, he's, he's, no, he's not on my list. But he is a guy who technically hosted four times but is considered a co-host for the hundredth episode. So he is a five timer and that's why he's in those skits. So he is like the exception to the club, but he's Paul fucking Simon, by the way, right. too. So you're not, you're not going to turn down a rock and roll hall of famer. Uh, all right. Paul so let's Simon, people didn't know. Totally. Graceland is one of the best albums. Nobody listens to anyway. Uh, 50 ways to leave. Cover. Fair enough. Um, so that brings me because Steve Martin was your number four. We already did your number five. So that makes it my number four. I'm willing to, I mean, this guy I can't imagine isn't higher on your list. Justin Timberlake. Hey, he's my number three. So, so we just, we just keep rolling. We just keep rolling into your number threes. We'll talk about it when we get your number three. Cause my number three is, is the next one up. And that was an honorable mention of yours. And that's Christopher Walken, the continental. Like when you become a host, that has your own sketch for when you're there. That's when, like, you you know you've, you you're basically a, a lifetimer cast member. And the Continental is my favorite Christopher Walken sketch, where he plays the creepy old guy inviting women into his his place, offering them champagne, and the woman always trying to get away. And he, it's it's a creepy, creepy thing. Like, and I own it. And yet at the same time, it, it's kind of funny. And then of course. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. How can like it's one of the iconic sketches of all time, and and Will Ferrell is only half of that equation. Christopher Walken is the other half of that equation. Yeah, uh, just the fact that he has the chops that he has acting wise, and the mystique that he gives off lends itself to like a million options of comedy delivery, you know? And it, it's amazing because they have so many avenues to go with him. He tells a great story about the cowbell where he was in like Thailand or something and he was having this food at a restaurant and the only other white person in the restaurant turns around and looks at, looks at uh, Christopher Walken and goes, Hey Walken, you know what this salad needs? And he's like, what the fuck is this? Guy? What, what does it need? And the guy goes, it needs more cowbell, you know, and that's how far that reaches. But I think another great, um, I believe he hosted one. I don't know if it was the Christmas episode, but it was definitely a December holiday episode where he was telling stories uh, by the Christmas tree and the kids were scared of him. And he's like, scooch closer, kids, scooch, scooch closer, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, it still lends itself to another avenue to deliver that creepy guy and where it's kind of cringe funny, you know. No, absolutely. That's the thing is he's he's so deadpan in his delivery and everything and, and just the way he talks. And, you know, you were talking about John Goodman and versatility as an actor like Christopher Walken's the, the same way. I, I mean, this guy's done everything from 
Pulp Fiction to The Deer Hunter to Saturday Night Live sketches to a Fatboy Slim video uh, where he gets to show off his dance skills. Currently, you can catch him on the television or on the uh, streaming program Severance as as a character on Apple TV Plus. Very good character, very good show, and again, is in a role that you wouldn't expect of him. I I have that on my list on there. It's my next up to watch. I got I, I got to watch the yeah. season finale. The season finale, I'm so excited for, and just, I and I want to dedicate the time to see it, and, and I I need to be able to think on it because it's a good show. Way too more often than not, Apple TV does not make the. It, it just falls by the wayside compared to the other streaming services that I go to dive into. So still. there's some there's some great shit on Apple TV Plus. So I I highly endorse it. Before I forget, I don't, I don't care. We can do this on air real quick. Are you? Do you have HBO Max? Right. Of course I do. Yeah. Okay. Are you watching Winning Time? Not yet. It's on my list. Okay. You're gonna fucking love it. All right, we. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to finish up a couple other streaming series, <laughs> kind of like I'm you. Just, I'm just. I'm just saying. When when you watch it, you'll get back to me and say yes. You're right. I fucking love it. So. Oh yeah, right. I'm, I'm absolutely. Well, it's it's to you just to talk to us about your number three, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. I mean, the guy is just fucking hilarious. Not just the digital shorts that he does with Andy Samberg, but I mean the the dancing. Um, uh, when, when he puts on the, uh, is the, it Burritoville? Yeah, it's all of them. It's Liquorville. It's Burritoville. Bring it on down to Burritoville. Bring it on down to Liquorville. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, and, and then to doing the guest spots with Jimmy Fallon, where they're the Gibb brothers, uh, Barry Gibb and his, I forget his brother's name. Uh, well, there's, but there's they, Andy, just, there's, um, yeah, I think Robin, Andy. there's Andy and Robin. Andy's so, dead. Uh, I think it's Robin. It's Robin. It's Robin. It's Robin. Yeah, I mean, he he's excellent. And then you throw in on top of the fact that he's also done some musical performances there. And, and for me personally, when you're big enough as a musical act to perform and host, that's fucking huge. That's some clout right there, I would say. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's as they say in baseball, it's a, he's a five-tool player when it comes to his that's acting like, and his, his skill. Hey. It's like Shohei Otani, who was pitching and DHing the other night. Absolutely. So. He is a... He is a beast. He is a beast, a beast. So that's your number three. Slide on into your number two. Numero dos. Can you smell it? I can smell it. It's The Rock. Oh, nice choice. All the way from the beginning of when he hosted before WrestleMania 2000, um, you know, Vincent Big Show and Mankind and Triple H. There's a trivia question for you. Uh, who else showed up from WWE with The Rock on his very first appearance? To him becoming The Rock Obama. To him playing Mango's Papa and spitting the apples all over everybody. To him playing a different version of The Rock in this alternate universe where he says his catchphrase lines different and brings up people's personal problems and promos. Uh, one of my favorite sketches ever. But that guy, he's an entertainer. He's got the timing. I always look forward to it, not just as a wrestling fan after long, but as more as a Saturday Night Live fan, because I know what he brings as far as energy when he gets into these skits. And, and he can play a character, and he can do it well, and he doesn't take himself so seriously as to be able to get up on the middle of an island in a medical facility and chew apples and spit them out and eat them back and forth with Chris Kattan and hold him like a baby, you know? It, it, 
he has some of the most iconic sketches and characters in Saturday Night Live history. And Saturday Night Live is lore would not be complete if not for The Rock becoming The Rock and and transforming through entertainment. That first hosting gig that he did would put up huge numbers. I mean, everybody, I mean, that was the peak of the WWE at the time. Like he was the guy who was doing Scorpion King, I think, uh, in that, and he comes on and he hosts and it, and it really was sort of this big moment for him as to, is this guy really, is he going to be an actor? Is he going to go the way of Hulk Hogan where sure you're in movies, but you're not that good. Like it's more on the strength of your name and he's been able to prove that he's an actor and, I, you you talk about all the sketches. My favorite sketch from that first go around is when he's Superman and he thinks that nobody knows that he's really Clark Clint, Clark Kent and, and he keeps like disappearing right off and his costume's all disheveled and stuff and he keeps trying to fool people and they they're just all playing dumb because they know and they're like how do they not know that we know like and, and a comic book guy you know every comic book nerd is like duh it's good stuff. You know, it's funny because he also plays as another superhero in one of them where he made his own outfit and he breaks in with these ladies and then they just all start asking him about fashion and how he like made it and how he's a seamstress and everything. Nice. And it just goes a complete different direction. I mean, yeah, it, it, just was a he guy the, who can embrace it. Was, was he the Nicotrell sketch? I'm Nicotrell and he would, like beat the crap out of somebody if they were smoking. I think that was him. He, been. he might have been there's also the sketch where they have um it, it's a tom hanks one because it's a sketch where keenan thompson comes out and he's doing a rap video and it's featuring this person it's a spoof on how many people are in rap videos and how many different right. rappers are in one song and they end up with like half the cast and then the rock shows up too and all these people are in this rap video it's one of my favorite sketches of all time that's yeah it's absolutely good stuff and a, and a wonderful wonderful choice my number two as you alluded to on my list, any questions? David S. Pumpkins himself, Tom Hanks, number two all time in number of appearances as the host on Saturday Night Live behind my number one, uh, spoiler alert. And, and for me, oh, no. oh, is he not number two? All time? Yeah. Who's number? No, you. I hear, let, me, let me run down the list for you, okay? Well, we're huh, here. Alec Baldwin, seven. Alec Baldwin, 17, Steve Martin, 15, John Goodman, 13, uh, Tom Hanks and Buck Henry, 10, Chevy Chase, 8, Walken, uh, 7, Elliot Gould, 6, DeVito, 6, Barrymore, 6, Tina Fey, 6, Scarjo, 6, Candace Bergen, 5, Bill Murray, 5, Timberlake, 5, Affleck, 5, McGillis, McCarthy, 5, The Rock, 5, Jonah Hill, 5, Farrell, 5, Rudd, 5, John Mulaney, 5, Paul Simon, 4, Asterisk, make it 5. Huh. Shows how dated the internet article I was when I looked up Tom Hanks hosting duties were. Um, I think I think it goes without saying, you know, David S. Pumpkins is, is one of those that people either loved or hated that skit. I think it's one of the most brilliant sketches ever for a throwaway end of show sketch, which is usually what you get at the end of SNL is you get that sketch that they kind of don't have a lot of confidence in, but they're giving it a go. And it worked way better than anyone could have. It was what everybody talked about out of that Halloween episode that Tom Hanks was on. But then Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy. Like Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy. That's th- to me that's the pinnacle 
uh, of his of his hosting gigs uh, and his ho- and, and his sketches. Like he's just so brilliant as this completely out of sorts white guy um, who wins over the rest of the Black Jeopardy people. It's good stuff. Yeah, to me, well, he and and his, and his appearances too are are outside of his hosting. You know, he right. show up. He he likes to he likes to be there, and it shows, right? He's the guy right now that is the greatest actor in the world. You could argue or whatever or up there. You know what I'm saying? Like with the most recognition, done the best, most goodest movies and everything else like that. However you want to fucking phrase it, right? That comes in and fucking cares and is a normal fucking guy, right? Like right. they did the COVID SNL stuff. He hosted that COVID SNL. Yeah, that was that was him letting you into his home. You know, like just being a normal fucking guy. So that's I think the the connection that he has. You know, the the kind of uh, down home. Right. Uh, you know, I think I people for this country that character. I'm Forrest right. Gump played that character. Asked the way I played that character. You know. I think people forget uh, that he got his start in comedy too. Like that his roots like were bosom buddies, um, Joe versus the volcano, even the bur- the burbs, splash, like those are all big. comedies. Uh big, big was bachelor a, party. Was a little, a ba- bachelor party, the, the screwball the comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, man. I was cutting you off. No, you no, you were fine. That was I was just adding in. I mean, they give cocaine to a donkey in, in bachelor's party. Like it's, it's some messed up <laughs> shit. So he was, he was so great in, in all of that. And as a comedian, he, like he went away from that. And it was around like Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia was where he started to get serious. And so I do think, you know, you don't see him do as much comedy and SNL provides him a perfect opportunity to kind of jump back into that, into that, uh, that suit. So you, you know, those shoes, that arena, if you will. There you go. All right, that's my number two. Did you know yours up to your number two? Uh, we did. My number two is The Rock, and we both have the same number one. Yeah, of course, it's got to be Alec Baldwin. I mean, exactly. Even even if it's just most appearances ever as a host, uh, you know, you just rattled off the the top appearances to Sweaty Balls. Uh, being being an all timer, uh, he has been in, he's been in some of the best and worst sketches. Like if if you recall back to our worst sketches, he his uh his canteen boy sketch that he did with Adam Sandler made the worst sketch. But he's been through all of it. He's done his Donald Trump, uh, was just such a thing and and was probably the best rivalry in entertainment, uh, as he just kept pissing off John, Donald Trump, yeah, like him personally too, like not the writers of SNL, but like him and his impression. You just can't, you can't look away from how great he has been on that show, and clearly he loves doing it, or he wouldn't keep coming back. No, he he has a knack for comedy. We all know it. I mean, he's played some serious roles here and there, but mainly he has been a comedic actor for the most part. He nails all these different things. He comes in and he does it with his, you know, it seems like his Alec Baldwin dedication to a, to a part. He comes in and you, it's the believability factor. You believe that he's, uh, what was he, Ned something and selling sweaty balls and you believed it, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you, you believed it when he was Donald Trump, you believed it, you know, he just lends this credibility to having this, this very solid acting background and family. And, you know, 
He's a guy you'd want to have a beer with too. You ever watch him on um, the new match game? No, I haven't checked him out yet. It's excellent, folks. He's an excellent host there, and they do have some pretty uh, decent celebrity guests on there. So check it out if you haven't. But, yeah, Alec Baldwin, if he's hosting, you know you're watching. And like you said, the other things that he's done outside of hosting for the show, um, he'll show up here and there to play different roles. And like you said, his, his Donald Trump may be one of the – it's up there for the best – Boy, here's another list: best and worst presidential impersonations. Oh yeah, they and they they've been doing those since the inception of the program. So plenty of opportunities there. So many I five by first, five possibilities. Gerald Ford. Yeah, the first was Chevy. Yeah, Chevy Chase doing Gerald Ford and being a klutz, right? Right, because because Gerald Ford tripped one time, and then that became a running joke on on Saturday Night Live. It was it's. It is what it is what we do uh, to to people. Probably the most athletic president, by the way, too. Right? Yeah, yeah he's, played football at Michigan, and he's a klutz. He's a klutz. That's right. All right. Well, that takes care of our five best SNL hosts. We're going to take our first our only commercial break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to give you the worst of the worst. Before we go to our recorded commercial, it is my duty to remind you that if you love what we do here at the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com and want to support us, the best way to do so is to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a chair shot shirt. In fact, I'm wearing a chair shot shirt today because I wanted to be stylish. I wanted people to see what I love and who I support. I'm wearing the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt. It's great stuff. I only spent $19.99 on this, but sometimes if you want to feel something a little nicer on your giblets, spend a few dollars more, get it soft style. Your body will thank you. It's a great investment, and it helps us keep giving you content on the interwebs every single day. Again, that is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. When we come back, our five worst SNL hosts of all time. You're listening to the 5x5 on The Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of TheChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. All right, welcome back. Well, folks, you've got the best. It's time to give you the worst. That's right, our five worst SNL hosts of all time I would be shocked. Oh, I guess we should remind everybody. You and I agreed on a rule when we did this, when we did the show, the SNL show previously. We agreed that Steven Seagal could not be on our list because there was no question about him being number one. And now you're mad because you forgot the rule, didn't you? Uh, You forgot. forgot. You forgot the rule. So we know what Tunney's number one is, and that's okay. Because it is the absolute worst hosting job ever, and everybody agrees on it. And there was just no error. Yeah. We probably could have made the same rule for Alec Baldwin, to be honest, on the other end of it. I I, I almost reminded you, and I was like, nah, he'll remember. He'll remember. I, I forgot. You put too much content out on the chair shot to, to remember something I so forgot. trivial. Did you – Did you? Uh, is Rudy Giuliani on your list? He's not. Okay, so he would have made my list then. So there's right, your so honorable mention. There, there's my honorable mention. I here's what I thought was the the three 
three of my selections are not actors or comedians. And I think that that's easy to, to kind of nail down. The other two were what I would call notorious assholes in, in the world of comedy. And, you know, that's, that's why they made, they made my list right. the way that they did. I'll go ahead and I'll start this time with my number five. Uh, back in the 90s, around the time of the Olympics, Nancy Kerrigan made the news because she was whacked in the shin. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Dead serious. What? Yeah, okay, go ahead. What? She's my number five. Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan is my number five so worst host. She's my, she's my number five. Oh my gosh, it's like we're dancing. Here I thought there'd be so many options for bad hosts that we would no way, shape, or form match up, and yet here we are. She is so uncomfortable so doing that show. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Like, she seems like she wants to crawl out of her skin. Like, just be anywhere else but on Saturday Night Live. And in particular, because a large part of the reason she's there isn't because she won the silver medal at the Olympics. It's because she got hit by hit by Jeff Galuli. Like, that's, that's why they wanted her. They didn't want her for her accomplishment. And even athletes are always kind of dicey. Like, there, there's a, there was one other host I almost put on, uh, and I didn't know where to put him on the best or my worst, but it was Michael Jordan. Um because Michael Jordan has one of my favorite Stuart Smalley sketches ever when he's trying to hold his shit together while Al Franken is like, it's okay, I don't have to be the best at dribbling the basketball. And he's like trying to do this sketch. It's great. But athletes, I don't think, have made the best hosts very often. They just don't, like, it's not their arena. They look uncomfortable, and they it's stilted in its poor delivery. And so Nancy, in particular, just looked like, get me anywhere else but here, and it showed. Yeah, I think you hit every point on the head there. There's no reason to really go into anything that she did. I know they, I think during the, the uh, monologue, they went to the, um, they went to the audience and I think she was playing Tanya Harding or something like that. Right, it yeah. It was really weird. I, yeah. It's just, it's just not a good just episode. Not a, no, not at all. All right, well, we'll keep it rolling here then. That's my number five. I'll bring it back with my number four and my number four dates all the way back to the late seventies when Frank Zappa hosted. Ah, uh, I almost Frank, put Zappa on there. Yeah. He could be heard, you know, heckling the uh, cue card guys <laughs> off screen. And like, he, he would, he would like turn and look at the camera and talk to the audience. Like before this was like a planned part of skits. Like he was, he was just, he seemed like he felt too good for the show if you if you watch that one and seen any of the sketches for it. So just why have someone in there like that that doesn't even I think that's worse than being bad, right? It's one thing to right, get right. there, try, but just kind of be out of your element and to, the moment's too big for you. But to come out and maybe he's that's he was so insecure that that's how he dealt with it. But right. it, well, it was maybe one worst episodes in the history of Saturday Night Live. Zappa was such a unique personality and it's a risky, it was a risky call. And it's your, your choice segues nicely into my number four, because hosts who make the show more about themselves than the show, like they're, they're not embracing the the role of host and that goes poorly. And my number four also dates way back to the seventies. It's Milton Berle. When Milton Berle hosted the show, he completely disagreed 
with how the not ready for primetime players did comedy. And so he hijacked like every sketch he was in, literally to where at the very end, he had like completely thrown his sketch out the window and was doing his own thing. And, and nobody knew what to do with it. He was just like, it was, it was old guard, not really embracing this new way of doing comedy. And he was just a dick and everybody hated him. And he was never invited back. Oddly enough, it was weird. It was it was weird how that happened. Like, don't hijack the show. Because even though it, it says host, you're still a guest at the end of the day. No, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Like, you know, they're going to try and make you look good because that makes them look good when they make you look good. So Absolutely. You know. Right. They were going to be respectful to him, too. It was, just, it was crazy. Uh, my number three, just to, to slide on over, as you said, this is going a little bit faster than our best. Again, people who don't do comedy and are not actors aren't usually the best hosts. And my number three, deceased owner of the New York Yankees, George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner. Yeah, I, I, I felt it in my heart to leave him off this list, but it was a pretty bad episode. I talked about how the, the Continental with Christopher Walken is an uncomfortable and, and skeezy skit now. Steinbrenner did a worse one where he's an owner in a locker room basically hitting on a reporter for three minutes. And it's it, it's horrifying and bad. And reports behind the scenes were that Steinbrenner threw out all of the material that like the cast would come up with that made fun of him. Like it really turned into an ego stroke of a show because he wouldn't let his guard down enough to have fun at his own expense. And that is always like, that's part of the problem of being a famous person. Like if you're going to, if you're going to be on the show, they're going to want to take a look at you as the host and do something with your life and and laugh at it. And, And Steinbrenner wasn't having it. And when that happens, you get, you get the episode hosted by George Steinbrenner. Yeah, it, it definitely was an uncomfortable one. You could tell that it wasn't what the people that were on the cast at the time and the writers of the time wanted. But, you know, like you said, risky risky options sometimes, right? You, you right, absolutely. viewers over quality content that you know it's not going to be that good. So, Nope. Uh, my number three? Yes, sir. I'm betting it's higher on your list. My number three is Donald Trump. Yep, I figured. <laughs> My number two is possibly the greatest Olympic swimmer of all time. And it's Michael Phelps. Yeah. Michael just, man, he's a good swimmer. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, there were some funny sketches on there because the they they wrote well for him. But the problem with this was, and I don't know if he was nervous or, or what it was, but it, and I'm not trying to make fun cause I don't know what it was, but it, it felt like when you were in second grade and every kid had to read a sentence in the story, like some of the kids, they weren't good at reading out loud yet. Well, he wasn't good at reading cue cards and acting out loud because it just felt like he was trying to read the cue cards for the first time. Like he didn't, like he had never seen the material before. So it was, it was a little painful. Yeah. Again, when you're not an actor, it's, 
some people need more time and you got to kind of, you know, lead to their wheelhouse. And they did not do that with Mr. Phelps, though. He does dance badly in a locker room. I do recall that sketch very clearly. (laughs) All right. That brings it to my number two. My number two is a very famous comedian, former cast member of Saturday Night Live, was asked never to come back after hosting when he struck a cast member during one of the uh, the, the shows, and that's Mr. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase is a big, notorious asshole and was always a bear and a problem to deal with. And in his last appearance in the 90s, Um, before Lauren Michaels, even Lauren Michaels, who is friends with Chevy Chase, could no longer deal with his behavior, watched him again make an episode of SNL all about himself. And he physically hit, uh, I think it was like Sherry O'Terry. Like, I can't remember who it was that he hit, but he hit somebody. Um, And like the cast hated working with him. You could see it in the sketches. And it just was one of those don't come back. Like this just isn't going to work. And and it never really did like Chevy chase from, from the moment he left Saturday night live after one season to, to his never being asked back again. And he's one, he's one of a few, like, right. Like him and Andy Kaufman. Um, I don't know if anybody else has ever been told you're never coming back and, and they've stuck to that, but Chevy chase is one of them in his last show. You could tell he made life miserable for the cast and when they were doing the show that night, they were uncomfortable being on the same stage as him. Yeah, another, you know, you talk about, I, I just think the guy is so unbelievably insecure, you know. Right. Um, and, and why, I don't even know. Um, his, his, you know. His, his talent's his unquestioned. Yeah, his list of movies and, and, and portrayals are, are excellent, but notorious asshole racist none of everything else sexist you know uh it just who knows it, a, a fucking mystery i i sad don't mystery. Know. it is a sad mystery sad speaking of sad so. my number one sad mm-hmm. donald j yes. trump it's just sad yeah yeah I don't even know where to begin with that episode. Like a bajillion people tuned in to watch that episode. And, sure. and again, it was another ego stroke episode from, from Trump. Like Trump is, you talk about an insecure little man. Like he wasn't going to do anything that was really going to make him feel bad. And he was, I mean, this is the beginning of his political campaign. He's, he's getting ready to run for president, all this stuff. Sad. It was just terrible. It was terrible. He didn't know how to do anything. His timing was awful and everything was about him. It sucked. I don't think he, I don't, even the stuff that like he felt like, or, or we felt like watching that he was okay doing, it felt like he didn't really understand exactly what he was doing and how he was supposed to get you to laugh. Like he just right. didn't get it in my opinion. Absolutely. Fine, but you know, that's just, that's another eyeballs over quality SNL skit and, and show and everything. And, the problem is, is sometimes you can choose eyeballs and get someone that's willing to work with it, like Elon Musk, right? You knew you weren't going to get the greatest sketches of all time, but Elon Musk sure as shit was willing to come out there and make fun of himself, you know, right. and, and play along and, and, and get people to laugh. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. That's absolutely. Just, I agree with you. I, I think he, he deserves to be up, up on the list very much so. Absolutely. All right, even though we said we weren't going to do it, 
let's bring back Steven, Steven Seagal. Yeah, we pretty much talked about this already. I wish I would have remembered. Um, it's all right. Yeah, he's bad. He's basically bad. It's the same thing. Doesn't, right. Doesn't Take, get, he, he might even he might even get it. He just doesn't want to be a part of it. So why right. did you show up in the first place? Exactly. Take everything that we've talked about out of these previous five <laughs> hosts are actually nine hosts and just combine it into one super bad host. And that was Steven Seagal. It was like he didn't understand why he was there. He didn't want to be funny. He straight played everything. He made Chris Farley and Rob Schneider, who were reliable sketch guys, not good. And that's impressive. Like, they couldn't save the daughter's boyfriend sketch that we talked about back when we did the five. Like, they tried to save it, and they couldn't. Like, nothing worked. He was awful. Awful. And it just, it, it's one of those, like, if you go, people, I actually want you to go back and watch it, like a sketch or two, just to see how uncomfortable it is. Cause it's like you, as the viewer watching it, are like, I'm uncomfortable with this. <laughs> and that's what, and I mean, that's what we got. So, um, it's a deserving number one, man. Yeah, I messed up there. You could throw uh, Rudy Giuliani would have just come in five, and we would have moved them all up. He, he at the time was very uncharismatic and um, pretty limited to what he could do. I well, believe he was, and that was that was kind of during his apex, right? Like he had just he'd kind of been like the big like everybody really talked about how great he handled the city post nine eleven, and yep. he like he was he was enjoying this swell of popularity, and then. He didn't he dress he dressed in drag for one of the sketches and was like an old Italian mom or something like he, he played along he just wasn't very good yeah he tried it, it, there's there's the Simpson gif of Bart with the cake at least you tried and he throws it in the trash like that's that's yeah. what we'll give to to Rudy Giuliani well I'll tell you this was fun I love uh, the SNL uh, the SNL list and I think that every time you come on the five by five we should just expect another SNL five by five if we establish rules i'll make sure to remind you of them uh so the next time they're followed yeah sure but, uh, for the listener's sake for the listener's sake but hey uh before we get out of here go ahead and remind everybody where on the chair shot radio network they can find you and yeah you can follow me at PC Tunney on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you listen to everything ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com and on all of your favorite streaming platforms, whether that's Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, whatever, wherever you get them, we'll be there. ChairShot Radio Network. And, of course, you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Make sure that you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a shirt if you love what we're doing. That's going to do it for this week's 5x5. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will catch you next time on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.